Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to episode 12 of the Silver Emotion Podcast. My name is Will Kauf, and I'll be your host. And I don't want much in life, but there's one thing that I do want. I want the knife. Please. All right, everybody, welcome to another episode of the Silver Emulsion Podcast, the podcast that I still, after 12 episodes, don't know how the fuck to start. (laughs) Um, Hope you're all uh, doing well. I'm doing pretty good. And so uh, today on the podcast, I'm going to be talking about a few movies, uh, as always, and uh, the, the featured film of the week will be the horror film from 1987 called Slaughterhouse. And uh, before I get to that, I got a little feedback. Uh, So, my buddy Uncle Jasper has uh, sent in some feedback. Uh, So let's uh, get right into it. So Jasper says, Man... This fucking episode. I don't know how you could even question its greatness. I don't know if you intended it or not, but I found it hilarious and entertaining as hell, mostly due to your general I-don't-give-a-fuck attitude that was carried literally to the last fucking word of the show. You wanted something different this time? Well, fuck you. Here's another 30-minute Star Wars rant. You're gonna take it and like it. I also loved the audio clips. Keep them coming. I've never seen pieces, but I've heard enough about it to support your statement about it being regarded well within horror circles. I had to hunt down the Bruce Lay clip on YouTube and was not disappointed. What an awesome surprise. That scene was like finding a stray onion ring buried in the bottom of your order of french fries. (laughs) (laughs) Side note, I fucking love that shit. (laughs) Or if you get a fucking, like a seasoned fry at the Jack in the Box. Ooh, that's some dope shit. (laughs) Alright, so back to the uh, feedback here. (laughs) Uh, The movie may be kind of shitty, but it definitely looks like something I would have loved to review back when I wrote for the site. Also... I'm just gonna fucking come out and say it, because somebody needs to. The Silver Emulsion Podcast has the greatest musical selections in podcast history. I literally spent the entire week listening to that Rough Guide to Psychedelic Bollywood album that you opened the show with. Thank you for that. You are doing God's work. In my life, I have two questions. I always find myself asking, how in the hell am I going to afford rent next month? And what badass shit is Will going to play on the next Silver Emotion podcast? Keep up the good work, dude. I think the show has finally found its voice, and there is nothing else like it out there. 
Well, I gotta say, thank you very much for that. That was very flattering. Um, it's uh, very kind of you to lavish such praise on, on the podcast. Honestly, I don't know if it's uh, <laughs> if it's up to that kind of praise, but hey, if, if you're listening, so uh, I'll take it. Thank you very much. Um, I will say that I questioned the greatness <laughs> of the last episode. Um in part because when I recorded it, uh, it it was a lot longer than the actual recording, than the the, the podcast that I put out. Uh, I actually edited like I don't know, like a fucking huge ass chunks here and there. <laughs> I edited a huge ass chunks. <laughs> what the fuck? No, like, uh, I edited a bunch out of that one, um, like a good 20-some minutes, um, most of which uh, was during that Star Wars thing, (laughs) because not only was it long as fuck, um, there were all these, like, additional tangents, like, side rants to the, the, (laughs) the main thing, and, uh, like, most of them... Like, they just kind of petered out, like, before I got to a point or anything, and I was just like, ah, oh, fuck, I don't know. <laughs> and so by the time I said that this episode was, was shitty, um, it was after all of that, and so, like, my general feeling was that I had just laid a big old fucking egg. <laughs> so I'm glad that, that it ended up being, a, you know, an episode that you really enjoyed. <laughs> Uh, but I do think part of that is the the editing. If I had left all that shit in, I don't know. But uh, no, I did not intend there to be a I don't give a fuck attitude uh, for sure. I just I just didn't give a fuck, <laughs> honestly. And I didn't even like feel that I was especially like not giving a fuck or anything. I was just doing my thing. Um, so, you know, I guess I'll have to not give uh, a fuck more often, although I generally feel like I'm not giving a fuck most of the time when I'm, uh, ed- <laughs> fucking recording the show. <laughs> so maybe I just turned it up to 11. Um, uh, I also did not plan there to be <laughs> such a fucking descent into Star Wars, um, you know, Evan left that comment, and so I had to respond and, and agree with him. But I thought it would go pretty quickly. <laughs> uh, I should have known better. But, uh, man, I just <laughs> just blasted it out again. Uh, I don't know if... Th- I mean, I think it was all new. All new stuff. So, uh, <laughs> if you piece all the Star Wars rants together, <laughs> it would be a fucking epic podcast. Um, but yeah, didn't intend that, and, uh, I'm glad you like the clips, they're fun, and hopefully, uh, I, I imagine there'll be a lot more in the future. The way I, that I have it set up now, I can't, I can't, like, I don't have a, a thing where I can play the sound, and, or songs, or anything, and then, uh, like, talk over it, like, I can't 
record that all as one thing. I have to put it together uh, in a multi-track thing, um, either before or after the fact. And that's just because of the the way that I've got this set up. If I if I set it up like I, when I record music, then I could do it all at once, and then it would be a little more organic. Um, I I would agree with you that uh, a pieces would have been a good movie for you to review. <laughs> I I now I didn't think of that when I was watching it, but uh, now that you say it. Um, I'm kind of sad that I don't get to re read that review because, man, that would <laughs> I'm sure you could have done some wonders with that. Um, but, yeah, glad you watched that Bruce Lee clip. I was going to link to it on the post, but I forgot. And then when I remembered, I was just like, ah, fuck it. <laughs> so so uh, the, the, the don't give a fuck attitude continued beyond the podcast recording as well. <laughs> Um, but, but really, thank you very much for the, the specific praise on the, the music choices. Um, I'm very proud of, of my choices. I, I, I spend a lot of time, not a lot of time, I don't know, but I, I, <laughs> I choose them, uh, with love and, uh, for their badassness. <laughs> and so I'm glad that you are appreciating them and that you found uh, that you really enjoyed that album that the the song last week came from. I've got a fucking ton of those Rough Guide uh, CDs. My library has, like, the whole fucking collection. So look forward to... Look forward! <laughs> so look forward to more selections from more of those uh, rough guides. Uh, okay. <laughs> so yeah, I'm glad that you uh, enjoyed it. And, uh, and I really like the, the idea that, that one of the defining uh, functions, <laughs> defining elements of the podcast is, is that, uh, that mystery of what I'm going to play next. Uh, I really love the repetition of like a, a podcast that has a, a set theme song and you know you get excited like oh here comes the song um but i i i think i <laughs> well i definitely value the mystery of of just picking a random song and and unleashing it uh more so uh it's uh, with great joy that i pick all these songs and put them up so thank you for enjoying it all right, so that is all of the feedback that I got for this week. So thank you very much for that. And if you want to send some in, uh, make sure to do that um, for next week. And so let's go right into the featured uh, movie, uh, uh, Slaughterhouse, 1987. And Slaughterhouse is directed by, or was directed by, or, or however you want to say it, um, by a guy named Rick Rossler. And Rick Rossler only made one movie, and it was called Slaughterhouse. And let me see on if he did anything else, like other than directing. Because the movie... No, he directed and wrote Slaughterhouse. 
and then he was a production assistant on a movie called Dead Girls Don't Tango a few years later, like five years later. Fuck, he directed his own movie, wrote and directed his own movie, and then five years go by, and he's a production assistant. Wow. Now, see, that's the kind of story that, like, uh, that guy's got to have quite the tale to uh to get there and perhaps i should have watched the rick rossler interview or listened to the commentary on the fucking disc that i have uh maybe these uh these insights would be given uh in these (laughs) these extra features i don't watch a lot of extra features to be honest um i do sometimes if i have time but most of the time I just, uh, I don't know. I'll watch, anytime there's, uh, like, makeup effects, test footage, or something like that, I always watch that. I always watch, or at least look at deleted scenes or something like that. But I rarely watch interviews or commentary or something, unless I'm really intrigued. And, uh, in this case, I, I think I only got intrigued right now, so maybe I'll go back and watch that. But, anyway... That doesn't matter. So Slaughterhouse is a slasher, and it's uh, 1987, so it's a little bit late in the slasher cycle. Um, I'm not super slasher scholar or anything, but I know that early 80s was like the fucking heyday. Um, Slashers were slashing it up in, you know, every way possible. And by 87, I don't know what the fucking what had taken over at that point but um i mean what else is 87 at the time it's like hellraiser evil dead 2 all right well so slaughterhouse is a movie about a slaughterhouse (laughs) but it's not just uh like a working slaughterhouse or you know it's not just uh like oh this employee of the slaughterhouse goes apeshit um it's actually kind of a, a timely tale, even though it was made, what, 30, almost 30 years ago. Uh, it's a very timely tale about a, um, a slaughterhouse that was, the town was built around this slaughterhouse, and it employed, you know, a good, a good amount of the town's people, and it was... It had been there for many years, so it was um, all, like, hand labor. No machines. I mean, well, they have some machines that they, you know, but, like, all the cuts and everything were done by hand, and there wasn't the processing done by machine in the same way that uh, factory farms and factory slaughterhouses work now. Um, But the film starts not on this... uh, family slaughterhouse from back in the day it starts with um with the credit sequence well there's a thing before there's some i think there's a kill before the credit sequence um but whatever i don't know i don't (laughs) i honestly don't remember um but i know the credits come after there's like a guy that gets axed in the face i remember that and the the well, I can talk about that later, but the editing is really good. 
and it, and it fucking looks like this dude just gets hammered right in the well axed right in the face <laughs> like like for real it's fucking gnarly and if you if i was freeze framing it and trying to see just exactly what you actually see and you don't actually see much at all but the editing is so tight that like your mind fills in the gaps and it's it's such a like the shot is so impactful because it it's like the fucking key moment of of the strike and then it cuts away and you see some blood just for a second and so you you, you fill it in it's like oh that dude got fucked up <laughs> <laughs> so um anyway and that that happens actually throughout the movie almost all the kills are like that they're not super gory in that traditional way where it's like oh we got a fake head and we're chopping it in half right in front of the camera or something like that it's uh it's almost all subtle gore that is enhanced through the editing uh to great effect so anyway there's a credit sequence that has this real upbeat fucking jaunty jazz score and but the the visuals is uh, are all um actual real footage of pigs uh being led to slaughter in in the more mechanized the new fangled uh mechanized slaughterhouse so you go all the way from like pigs are in a pen and then they're walking into the line and this dude fucking electric shock kills them and then they go through the whole processing sequence and these fucking pigs are just getting uh they go all the way to like uh to like the end where they're just a fucking side of pork hanging on the rack and it's nuts because right after they get killed there's like uh, this body gets the pig body is like thrown into this fucking bath and then they roll around and it's so fucking horrific it's like the most horrific thing in the whole fucking movie um and that's a movie where these guys are like <laughs> just fucking getting axed in the face and all kinds of gnarly kills and shit um so it's pretty bad and it and <laughs> It made me think, like, uh, how, because it made me think a lot about horror, like, the visuals of horror. Um, a regular sort of mainstream person isn't into horror movies. They're not into gore and anything like that. And they don't understand how, like, a person could like that, you know? So, and I, so I kind of understand that. It doesn't, it's not like outside of the realm of possibility. Like, oh, you don't like this fucking head exploding? <laughs> like, you're so weird. And like, at the same time, you, if you don't like a fucking dope head explosion, <laughs> you are kind of weird in my book. <laughs> but like, I mean, I also get, you know, oh, some people just don't want to see that. And I get it. Um, and so like, the, the, this intro of the slaughterhouse made me think about that and how normal people look at horror people and they have that kind of reaction and while i was watching the slaughterhouse footage there's employees like fucking carrying out all these tasks 
And all I could think of was just like, man, normal people are just like, what the fuck with the horror fans? But I don't know how many actual people think about what fucking goes on in a slaughterhouse. It is so fucking horrific. And like, I don't see how anybody who works in a slaughterhouse isn't a fucking like serial killer because they have to see some serious shit. It's like going to war. I mean, it's probably worse because it's just your whole fucking existence is just slicing up fucking bodies. And I don't know if any anybody has read the Upton Sinclair novel, The Jungle. It's uh, it's about a guy in, I don't know, like 1910 or some shit like that that uh works in a slaughterhouse and he um it's kind of like a like a docu novel where upton sinclair like researched the slaughterhouse industry and then wrote about it with a character but it's actually kind of like a condemnation of the fucking the whole thing anyway it's a fucking great book and it's really horrific uh, just with words, like, he conveys so much, and, uh, he describes in the jungle how, um, and this is all during the hand days, and, and it's, it's, I'm sure if somebody wrote the jungle now, it'd be way fucking worse, but, um, he writes about how these guys on the line, it's their job to do one specific cut like and that's all they fucking do so like there's one guy that is the throat slitter or whatever there's one guy who like slices this fucking arm muscle and whatever you know and so they have to do they have to process so many cows or pigs or whatever the the specific place is doing they have to process so many like an hour or or a day or some something like that and they they keep wanting to like increase their profits so they keep upping it and it gets to the point where he's writing about these people are just like in one fucking smooth motion just going from one slice another slice another one you know like just not even taking a rest or anything just bam 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 oh my god and then um Fast Food Nation also, if, if anybody's ever read that, they talk about how the same conditions uh, exist. Well, that book was like, I don't know, almost 20 years ago probably. But um, it was talking about how the slaughterhouses still have guys that are like working fast like that. And maybe I'm confusing certain details of, of one or the other. But um, I remember... It, they were talking about because that whole fucking fast food nation is about how e coli is in like all the meat basically you know and it all comes from shit contaminating the meat and so apparently there's one specific cut in beef production uh probably pork production too but i'm not sure anyway i know i know it's for beef where if they cut it like five millimeters too short or, or or too long or whatever some shit like that that they fucking pierce the intestines and all this shit just runs down over the whole fucking animal and they never just say okay well whatever that's that's a lost cow and they always just 
you know, go on and keep it fucking rolling in the thing. So it's pretty gnarly. Um, it's, uh, it's, uh, it's fucking gross. It's gross. But anyway, so, so that's the, the, the beginning of the movie. We, we open in this mechanized uh, slaughterhouse and the, the manager of the slaughterhouse is, um, he's trying to foreclose on, uh, the guy's property who used to own or who still owns, but he used to run the original slaughterhouse of the town where, um, they did everything by hand, and then as as the world moved into mechanization, uh, the old guy didn't want to change, and he didn't see any reason to change. He was making enough money or whatever, so he just kept it how it was, and then this other employee went off, made his own slaughterhouse, and it was all mechanized, and then he soon took over all of the business, basically. So... Leaving this old guy, he still has the slaughterhouse, he lives on the land, and now the new slaughterhouse is looking to expand uh, to, to further profits and, and process more animals per day. So they want to expand by uh, taking over the old guy's land and his slaughterhouse and then redoing it all. But the old guy is like, you know, fuck you. I don't want to move. You know, go and go and fuck off. You know, <laughs> you know, I'm not selling my land. In the in the classic plot of uh, I'm not selling my land. Uh, add slaughterhouse to the list. So I found this uh, this little plot line to be uh, pretty timely. In that, uh, you know, where. <laughs> The country elected Trump on the idea that he was going to bring back all these working class factory jobs that went away over the last however many years because of outsourcing to other countries and uh, industry changes that that uh, resulted from mechanization of like old school factories and stuff like that. And just... You know, it's not going to happen. But anyway, that's part of the reason why he got elected. And so Slaughterhouse is uh, commenting on that uh, 30 years ago. So it's been a problem for a while, obviously. Um, I think the out, like the big outsourcing started going on in the 80s. If, um, I mean, I was a kid, so <laughs> who knows. But I think that's like when it all started. Um Anyway, what the fuck do I know? You don't come to the Silver Emulsion Podcast for uh, your fucking biting uh, political commentary from, you know, the mid-80s. <laughs> anyway, the old guy um, is really, he values the craft of butchering. And so he doesn't care about the profits of selling the land or anything. He just wants to live out his days in his fucking place, and he doesn't want to get rid of the old slaughterhouse, even though he doesn't use it. He just, you know, whatever. He's, a, he's one of these old guys that just doesn't want to change. You know, like I will be. 
anyway, so so this guy, he has a son, and his son is named Buddy, and Buddy <laughs> is not quite all there. He, he doesn't talk at all. All he does is squeal like a pig and snort like a pig, and that's it. And uh, he carries around this gigantic fucking meat cleaver that has like a like a pig leg as a fucking handle. It's it's fucking gnarly. Um, and so it's very clear that he's the killer right from the beginning. They they don't obscure it at all. You know that he's the guy, but then they just sort of, um, which is a, a kind of a ballsy move. Uh, usually you have some kind of mystery there, but, but there's no real mystery here at all. It's all about just the, this, it's, I don't want to call it social commentary, but there, the social commentary, it definitely, um, intrigued me and kept me interested. And then the characters are, are somewhat interesting. <laughs> there's a bunch of teens that are just whatever teens that, you know, you know, are going to get killed. And so they're in the movie a lot, and I didn't really care about them. But but Buddy himself is like, man, I I could watch that dude forever. He's uh he's not really in other movies either, so he's just this big fucking gnarly looking mountain man dude that's just fucking snorting and shit. And so I really enjoyed his performance. And then his dad, uh, the old guy, is played very very well by an actor that I that I don't have the name of so I don't know why I'm starting to like lead into telling you his name um I could probably get it though uh his name is Don Barrett and he plays Lester Bacon <laughs> and it's his son is Buddy Bacon <laughs> uh Anyway, so uh, good performances. It's really, really, really well shot. It's fucking gorgeous. Um, for a first movie and for an only movie, I mean, this guy never made another movie. This is a really well shot movie. The editing, as I mentioned before, are, are is really spot on. Um, very tight, perfectly edited things that that just fucking hit you in the gut just like they should uh and then there is some gore too and it's it's uh it's all done very well um there's a lot of uh like rotted animals and shit too like mummified fucking like old corpses and i gotta say if those fucking things weren't real <laughs> they were some damn good effects because I mean, it's fucking gnarly. <laughs> They're so gnarly. And I don't... I imagine they were real, but I don't know what, like, why they'd have all these fucking corpses laying around. Um, you know, I mean, I guess you could put out a call, but... <laughs> uh, we need a corpse that's been fucking rotting in the sun for about five years. <laughs> what you got, prop department? You know, and maybe they just have, you know, props like that. I don't know. But uh, anyway, they look fucking great. So it's really well shot. It's really um, nice to look at. 
and in addition to the the tightly edited like horror moments there's some really fucking uh like i call them uh fucking squirm moments or whatever <laughs> like shit that uh like any time in a movie where they deal with like eyes or fucking peeling back fingernails or some shit like that like Pretty much, most people are going to be like, oh shit, no, no, not the fucking fingernails. <laughs> and and so, <laughs> there's some some pretty good moments like that in, in Slaughterhouse. And there's specifically, this is one where they have one of the teen girls. And the the old guy dad is, is uh, talking to the, the girl and he's like, got it her hand like he's holding her hand um if i remember right and he's talking about how like a little tiny slice on the fingertip is more painful than if he sliced like right across her stomach and then they show this tight fucking uh oh well then then they show him like cut her her finger and he like does this long fucking slow ass slice and then they do a close up of this little tiny cut that he cut on the tip tip of her finger and it's a close up of his hand like holding her fucking finger but the the finger is like the biggest thing in the whole frame of the image and then and he starts fucking stretching the little cut and fucking playing with it and shit. It's it's so fucking gnarly. I, I loved it. It was <laughs> shit like that, like uh it's 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 the best. I love it. <laughs> and then uh like right about around I think before he cuts her finger. Uh, the dad says this shit. Well, I'll be a sucking <laughs> mule. <laughs> uh, it's just, uh, <laughs> it's fucking stupid fun. I love it. So, um, that's fucking Slaughterhouse. I don't think I have anything else to say about it. It's fucking good. If you haven't seen it and you like horror movies, definitely check it out. Um... It, uh, it's fucking dope. Alright, so... Is it good or a piece of shit? I don't know which is it. Is it good or a piece of shit? I don't know which is it. Alright, so good or shit. Here we go. First up is the... I should have gotten ready before I did this. Um, first up is the 1980, uh, Soy Hark Hong Kong movie called We're Going to Eat You. And We're Going to Eat You is a very strange little movie. Uh, it is Soy Hark's, like, second or third movie. Uh, I can probably look it up real quick. Let's see. It is... Well, oh shit. Well, you had two movies in 1980, so I have to figure out which one came first. That one. 
one's December. Okay, so it's his second movie. His first movie was a movie called The Butterfly Murders that I have not seen. And his second movie was We're Going to Eat You, which is hard to classify. I went into it thinking that it was a horror movie. And specifically on Hong Kong Movie Database, they list it as a horror comedy. Uh, which it is. It is It is horror. It is comedy. But it's also like a lot more than that. It's um, like <laughs> it's hard to classify because like it's not really a horror movie at all. But yet like like it because it doesn't really have any tension or traditional horror moments or anything like that. So it's hard to call it a horror movie in any kind of classic sense. But it has a lot of stuff in it, subject-wise and visually, that in at least in in a an American movie uh, would never be seen outside of, or not never, but maybe not usually seen outside of the horror genre. So basically, the movie is about um, well, I don't know. It's hard to to describe because it starts weird, and then you eventually get to the plot. Uh, but anyway, the plot is basically uh, Norman Chu, uh, old uh, old uh, classic Shaw Brothers actor who's in a lot of stuff. Uh, including the Bastard Swordsman and other things, such as Duel to the Death, uh, the Ching Chu Tongue film that's fucking dope, and a whole bunch of other shit. Anyway, so Norman Chu is the star, and he plays a secret agent, and he's sent to this jungle village to find... Um, to find like like a thief or something <laughs> honestly like i said before like <laughs> i don't fucking remember <laughs> shit well like little details like i mean sometimes i'll remember real specific stuff but then other times when i try to talk about it it's like i don't fucking remember shit <laughs> but anyway um fucking he's like trying to find like this criminal named rolex and I don't remember what Norman Chu's name is in the movie. It's like Agent 606 or some fucking shit like that. Um, come on. It's got to be here somewhere. Agent 999. Okay, there you go. And so I, I wouldn't say that it's... Uh, he's, there's not like a, a James Bond element or anything. He's just like a secret agent that's just a dude... <laughs> like investigating this uh, little village in the jungle. And the jungle setting really sets it apart in Hong Kong movies. I don't know that I've ever seen anything quite like this movie. Um, there's obviously like Eastern Condors that's set in the jungle and there's other stuff too, um, like Bullet in the Head, the John Woo movie. That's, that's, I think, if I remember right, pretty much all in the jungle. Or mostly. Am I remembering that right? I don't know. It, I mean, that's the one at Vietnam, right? 
Um, so anyway, so it's not really a horror movie, but uh, the town is a town full of cannibals, and there are scenes where like the townspeople butcher uh like their victims they they catch people in the jungle and they fucking butcher them and it's not like crazy fucking effects gore but there is some moments where like they chop a dude's hand off and you see the hand cut off and a lot of times they show like the cut um and then it'll just cut to like a a, a shot where there's a bunch of blood flowing somewhere like off a table or something like that and then there's a few kills that are pretty classic like horror comedy kills like shit that is is so gruesome that if it's in a normal movie it would be like the most horrific shit but because it's in this relatively light-hearted uh horror comedy it's like <laughs> makes it really fucking hilarious because it's so over the top so there's a there's a few moments like that there's one in particular that's fucking great <laughs> i was howling um but in addition to the horror and the comedy elements uh it's also got a, a fair amount of uh, martial arts fights, which is was completely surprising to me. I didn't expect there to be any fighting, uh, but I guess with Norman Chu, he's uh, he's in all the martial arts movies, so I sh maybe I should have expected it. Uh, but there's some fights, and they are they're they're good. They're not like super great, you know, like top of the game stuff, but they are. <laughs> They are inventive and fun, and I mean, when it comes to fights, like Hong Kong fights, especially from any like late seventies through the early nineties, like any any Hong Kong movie in those years, like you know, is pretty fucking good. You know, everybody's not Jet Li or Jackie Chan, but it's still better than the fucking Lorenzo Lamas. <laughs> uh, but anyway, Norman Chu's dope, and there's uh, one particular particular fight where he gets, like, hung in a tree uh, by, like, his foot. Like, he gets in a trap or some shit, and then he has to fight this dude while he's swinging from the tree. So that's pretty cool. And then in, in another fight, it's kind of kind of like a almost like a Jackie Chan style moment in this other fight where he's fighting and fending people off and then uh I don't remember specifically how it happens, but he pulls out his like I, there's like a lull in the battle if I remember right. And he pulls out, like, his tobacco and his rolling paper. And he's going to fucking roll a cigarette in the downtime. And then this dude comes to attack him. And he fucking finishes rolling the cigarette, like, on the guy's face. <laughs> it's hard to describe, but, man, <laughs> that shit was funny. 
Um, so yeah, if you like Hong Kong movies and you're okay with the movie that's not fucking great, because <laughs> uh, it's not a great movie, but it's really fun. I really enjoyed it. The one thing that I really love about Hong Kong movies, um, well, <laughs> there's like a million things that I love about Hong Kong movies, but like one of the big things that I've really come to love over the years, and, and I especially enjoy it a lot now, is just how unclassifiable Hong Kong movies are. Oftentimes, they, as a general rule, will um, blend j multiple genres in like very unique and inventive ways that you just don't see in other cultures' movies. And it's... Like, it's easy to watch them and, and come away with with the idea that, like, oh, this movie was trying to be a comedy, but it failed. Or, like, it was trying to be a horror movie, but it failed. And, or, like, oh, yeah, it's kind of a kung fu movie, but it's not a very good kung fu movie. But, like, it's not actually doing any one of those things. It's doing all of them at the same time. And, like, it's not as like relentless as that might sound like don't don't think of fucking the the guy with the lawnmower and dead alive with fucking kung fu <laughs> but with with hong kong kung fu because there's already the fucking i kick ass for the lord <laughs> um it, it's more subdued. But anyway, I just love how Hong Kong movies... And it really seems like like they came into that during the, the 80s. Maybe the late 70s a little bit, too. I mean, kung fu comedies started coming up like in the mid-70s, slowly. And then, you know, into the 80s with the fucking Jackie Chan and Sammo Hung and all that. But I feel like the the real genre blending, I don't know, because like the, a lot of the the Shaw Brothers movies that I'm watching in in the early '70s and the '60s and stuff, like they don't really do that at all. And there's some, there's one movie, there's a Chor Yun movie called The Lizard, that's kind of like a heist comedy martial arts drama. And so there are certain movies that do blend a lot of shit um and almost all of the movies will be very graphic with the violence where um like a more traditional movie wouldn't more traditional being like a western uh western ideal of a movie uh so yeah i mean fucking hong kong is dope if you if you aren't watching hong kong movies you're missing out on some of the fucking world's greatest cinema uh, without a doubt. <laughs> uh, okay. So, um, I'm a big fan of Soy Hark. And I've been getting into his movies uh, that I didn't really see a lot of when I was younger. And so I'm happy to track down this movie. And I look forward to seeing some more. Because he's made a shit ton of movies. <laughs>
<laughs> All right, so I have one more movie to talk about, and I could probably talk about this one for a long time, but I think I will try to restrain myself because I don't know that it's uh, worthwhile. But anyway, I watched another uh, brand new movie, or well, kind of new movie. Um, it came out, I think it came out this summer. I don't, I don't remember. I think so. Um, I can't even remember two minutes ago, let alone <laughs> what movie came out six months ago that I didn't care about at the time. <laughs> uh, but anyway, I watched the 2016 film Warcraft based on the Blizzard series of uh, video games. Uh, primarily real-time strategies, and then they have the, the MMO World of Warcraft. So they said they were going to make a Warcraft movie like a million years ago, and uh, you know it was always in development hell or whatever. And I I never cared. I always liked the games. I played the games. I played World of Warcraft for a long time when it, when maybe when it was like a year or two old. Um, I really got into that. It was it's fun. I mean it's it's not the greatest thing in the world, but but uh, I really got roped into it. Uh, not roped into it. I mean, I roped myself into it, I guess. <laughs> Whatever. I got fucking... I got deep down into it. Um, but I'm antisocial, so I never really, like, would party up with people. And, and that's where the game gets really fun. Uh, and I... So, I mean, I would do it sometimes, but it was hard to get a group if you didn't, like, know people. Um... Anyway, so I really didn't care about the movie because, I don't know, it's fucking Warcraft. But I was intrigued because uh, the trailer revealed that instead of actually adapting um, something closer to World of Warcraft, not that there's, there's not really like a, a story in World of Warcraft... There, there's many stories that you can uh, fucking go down, or I don't know how to say it. If you if you follow these quest lines, you can read the stories. You know, you got to read all this quest text and shit. And <laughs> I was never fucking reading the shit. I was just like, all right, go get ten livers from the fucking <laughs> Shnargle monster. Okay. <laughs> and so you know i never got too into it but anyway um i had been playing warcraft since like i remember playing the first one i don't know whenever it came out but but i played it on computer back in the day and so anyway so when i watched the trailer it became apparent that they were adapting warcraft one uh which is subtitled orcs and humans so that made me uh, a little more intrigued by it because they have, at this point, um, in 2016 or whatever, I don't keep up with it, but when I was playing World of Warcraft, like, I don't know, 10 years ago at least, um, they had broadened the world out considerably from what was in that first game where it's just orcs and humans, and they're basically just building and fighting and I think there was a story, but I don't really remember. 
Um, well, actually, I know there was a story <laughs> because I just watched the fucking movie and then I looked it up and and apparently that story was in place in the game, in the first game. I don't I don't remember there being a story, but I don't know if I ever finished it. I just played it um, like I could never beat the shit because it's I don't know, whatever. Who cares? <laughs> so anyway, um, so I watched warcraft it's you know i get it from the library so i don't have to pay any money uh so <laughs> my standards kind of go down when i don't actually have to pay money because uh, i wouldn't rent this or whatever anyway so i watched the movie and it is basically a very well <laughs> i don't want to say simple because it's like the total opposite of a simple story but it's scaled back from what they're at now and it's just orcs and humans, primarily. But uh, they do add in a bunch of elements from World of Warcraft that that were not introduced until that game. So it's kind of like this weird, like uh, redone, like a remake version of the first game in a way. <laughs> I don't know how to explain. I don't know. That's a good explanation. I guess I don't know, but anyway, I found it kind of intriguing uh, to see them revisit uh, the first game, but they're not, so I don't know what. <laughs> I don't know. My logic was flawed. Anyway, I justified a reason to watch fucking Warcraft. I like fantasy, so it wasn't too hard to to get me to watch it, even though I watched that trailer and it was fucking awful looking. Um, but uh, the movie is I didn't particularly think it was good or, or great or anything. Um, I probably would say that I liked it, though. And I liked it for very specific reasons. Um, when Lord of the Rings came out in, what was that, like 15 years ago or some shit like that? Like 2001, I think, was the first one. When that came out, and it was such a big hit, and Peter Jackson fucking knocked it out of the park. Amazing movie, fully realized. It's everything you could ever want from um, a Lord of the Rings movie. You know, I read the books uh, right before I saw the movies, actually. Um, so I had it pretty fresh in my mind when I first saw the movies. And it, it's great. And coming away from from the uh, seeing Lord of the Rings for the first time or, or at some point in there, um, I thought, like, well, this is it. The fucking floodgates are open now. This movie is so popular that Hollywood is going to start making more, like, big, large-scale fantasy movies. But what I never considered is that <laughs> these movies cost a lot of fucking money. And just because Lord of the Rings, one of the most popular books of all time, was adapted into a movie, doesn't necessarily mean that if they adapt, you know, some fucking random fantasy book, that it's going to be a huge hit like Lord of the Rings. Um, and so I realized that 
now, but I didn't get it then. And so I waited for a number of years, and it was just like, man, no, they're not making shit. So anyway, I've always, ever since then, I mean, I, I like the Hobbit movies, but um, those are basically just more Lord of the Rings, so I don't want to consider those uh, like, oh, the studios are making more fantasy. So I was curious to see how this movie would do because the the world of Warcraft, the the world, not the game, um, the world itself is a very weird kind of uh, world. I mean, it's based on just traditional fantasy stuff, but there's all kinds of weird like uh, humor to it and I just I was curious to see if they put any of that into the movie and they do a little bit but not not to the level that it is in in the games really uh, but that's fine anyway they, you know they're trying to rope in mainstream people too it can't be just this fucking <laughs> farce <laughs> um but that being said like the some of the shit like they they made um like the human city in world of warcraft is called stormwind i think is that what it's called it sounds wrong but i think that's what it is anyway so they they made they they built stormwind uh the the fucking what do you call it castle like the fucking the king's throne chamber or whatever and that's a place that you can go in the game so i was very familiar with that because there's a there's a quest in the game that uh i did a number of times unsuccessfully where you have to follow this fucking prisoner through the streets and up into the the throne room and then like he gets judged by the queen and king or some some shit I don't remember, and and then the prisoner fucking turns into this giant dragon and then you have to fight him. Um, and I never was able to beat it. Anyway, so I was in there a lot, so I, I'm very familiar with how it looks and stuff. And they they really crafted it well i mean it looks just like the place in the game but what they didn't do is weather the set any they didn't tarnish it at all so it doesn't look like a real place it looks like like uh it was just constructed and it's all like brand new shiny materials and so it looks so fucking fake and the armor is exactly the same like uh the armor looks fucking like brand new like all they do it, it makes it look like all they do is polish their armor and like polish the walls and shit because everything is so brand new looking um <laughs> it's so weird uh but anyway uh in terms of fantasy this movie probably dishes out more fucking magic and weird visuals than a, than most fantasy movies. And it has a very unique kind of feel. It feels like the games. Um, like it, it doesn't feel like other fantasy movies. 
and the magic, like the spells and shit, they look so great, like just fucking perfect. Um, I don't know, like I never played as a magic guy, so <laughs> I don't, I don't know any of the spells except for there's one where they can turn a guy into a sheep. <laughs> and of course they put that in because it's everybody does that shit in the game. Um but they're they're like doing hand gestures and making all these fucking runes in the air and shit. And like I'm sure it's a specific thing that's in the game, but I never played that so I didn't I didn't know. But anyway, it all looks really cool and different than magic like traditionally looks in in movies i'm trying to think of like what what movie shows magic like that i mean the the new doctor strange movie is is you know he's a he does magic and shit so i imagine there's something in that but i haven't seen it um harry potter really doesn't have that type of uh magic because uh, they have the wands and stuff. I don't know. Anyway, it looked fucking dope. Uh, but as a movie, it is not a good movie, like, at all. <laughs> but the weird thing is that I kind of hated it, but I kind of liked it. I don't know <laughs> how to describe it. It's like... It's like I didn't have... I don't have nostalgia for Warcraft, really. Um, I mean, I guess I do, because I watch the movie based on on my enjoyment of the game in the past. But, uh, <laughs> like, I don't really care about it. I never paid attention to the, the lore or anything, and it was always too fucking confusing. Uh, with all these goddamn fantasy names and everybody's, you know, <laughs> saying all these long-winded shit that I don't have time for. I just, <laughs> just want to, you know, hit shit with my fucking axe. <laughs> I'm like Buddy in Slaughterhouse and just snorting like a pig <laughs> and squealing <laughs> in between fucking hitting things with my axe. <laughs> um... But, how how do I say, like, um, but Warcraft, the movie is, is probably, like, the most out there fantasy that, like, a, a, a mainstream movie has been, <laughs> probably ever, but, I mean, I don't want to say ever, you know, there might, there's a lot of weird-ass movies, but just in terms of, like, mainstream, big-budget Hollywood movies, this movie, it's like, it's kind of like fantasy unleashed. Like, the shit in, in Lord of the Rings, it's fantasy, and there's, like, supernatural beings and fucking hobbits and shit like that. Um, but it's not particularly crazy with, uh, like, supernatural occurrences. Like, no one's getting, uh, changed into a fucking 
the sheep or what I can't think of anything else. Well, like they, there's a spell that the the guys can do to teleport like anywhere in the world. So this one dude, this fucking uh, this wizard, like the super magic dude, <laughs> and he has like this fucking haircut and a beard and. <laughs> To me, I just kept calling him the hipster wizard because that's what he looked like. He looked like some dude that would get some fucking artisan coffee and then go do magic. <laughs> but anyway, like, um, it uses fantasy in a way that, like, hmm, like, it doesn't seem like it thinks about using it in any way. Like, the characters just do it and it the movie goes with like it's just filming it i don't know how to it's a weird feeling like in an old movie you can kind of feel like uh okay they only have so many effect shots or whatever and they really got to sell this one and it's just just a very small piece and so the the use of crazy magic is done sparingly but in warcraft i mean i know it's the cg era so they can fucking do anything and it doesn't feel like like that's what unleashed them it feels just like from a story standpoint it was just it was already just fucking nuts <laughs> with the magic and shit like and then it is i mean that the foundation of the story is is pure fucking magical wonderland shit <laughs> and so like i i i really liked that element of it because i like fantasy so it was fun to watch in that way like as if i take a step back from the actual movie um and i like the director he is uh, david bowie's son duncan jones and he made uh the movie moon which uh it, I liked, but I think it's kind of overrated. And source code that I really liked a lot, um, but I, I haven't seen it since I saw it five years ago or whatever. And I I don't know, I don't really feel the need to rewatch it, so maybe it's not that great. Uh, but anyway, this is by far his worst movie of Warcraft, and. A lot of it has to do with the CG because while the CG, like, if you objectively look at the CG, it's not bad necessarily. Like, like the orcs look good, <laughs> you know, they they look like the the game orcs, and there's a lot of detail and all that stuff. But the problem is that every time you're with the orcs and they're just doing their orc stuff it's like a hundred percent cg almost and i say almost because <laughs> there was always in in the shots there was always like one small element that was very obviously shot like a shot element um traditionally shot and then the rest of it was very clearly cg <laughs> and so the shit stood out so much and i just wonder like why don't you just make it all cg if you're gonna fucking 
make 95% of it CG. Like, what the fuck is the point? Uh, so that really kind of kills it because all the orc shit just looks like you're watching a fucking blizzard cinematic in between levels. Um, and then there's even stuff like like where they're outside and you think like, oh, they, they sh probably shot this down by a river or some shit. <laughs> but like Again, the CG and the, the shot elements stand out from each other uh, really poorly. So you can see that, like, okay, there's an actress, and she's, she's like, jumping off this little embankment to go in the water. And you can tell that, like, that little piece of the embankment is a thing that they built. And the fucking plant next to it <laughs> is some fucking fake plant. And then it's very obviously, like, the rest of it is CG. And maybe I'm wrong. Maybe they shot all that stuff, too. But it really looks like it's just CG. And so there's a lot of stuff like that that, that really stands out. Um... But really, what really kills the movie is that, like, the characters of the movie are just fucking boring. <laughs> like, I don't fucking care about any of them. Um, the movie does open with the orcs and humanizing them uh, immediately, like, like, uh... It's very different than a traditional fantasy in that, like, it's immediately humanizing orcs and showing you that this movie is not going to be, you know, here's the the fucking guy with sword and here's the orc and they are good and evil and, you know, that's a hard line. But this immediately says, no, it's not going to be like that. It's going to be a different kind of thing. And so... I liked that. Um, you know, they're doing something different. But the the characters themselves, the the main orc guy is, I guess he's all right. Um, I actually remember his name, so I guess <laughs> I guess he was the standout guy. But um, for the rest of them, I couldn't remember any of their names, and they're just like saying all this shit that didn't fucking mean anything to me because I didn't know anybody's name and I don't know like the backstory of anything and they they don't do a great job dropping you into the world and 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 the way the script is written it's not even necessarily like unfolding in a way that you can really get into <laughs> I don't know. It seemed it seemed like there was no real entry point for me as a viewer, and I already kind of have a baseline knowledge of Warcraft, so I can't even imagine what someone who's never played any of the games and doesn't know anything about it. I don't even know what they would think watching this movie. Um, but but there's no character like like I just thought of the dudes as like, oh, that's the night guy. 
and oh, there's the fucking hipster wizard, and oh, there's the other magic guy, <laughs> you know? And it so it what it boiled down to was like it seemed like they modeled all of these characters on various character classes from the game and i'm not really familiar with them at this point so i couldn't say oh this guy was that guy this guy was this class or whatever but uh, they were definitely hard lines that i'm sure a warcraft scholar could <laughs> could uh, inform me on um but yeah it just doesn't really pull you in it's it's not a great movie at the same time <laughs> i had fun watching it um, because I like fantasy. So, I don't know. Is it good? Is it shitty? It's, uh, it's, I would, if I had to recommend it to somebody, I don't, I wouldn't recommend it unless you're super into fantasy and you can roll with it like I did. Um, so I, I guess I'll call it shit. I feel bad though, but meh, whatever. Who cares? <laughs> um, and, I don't remember if I said the other one was good, but I did. I did not. I don't know. Maybe I did. Anyway, it's good. And uh, with that, that's going to be the show. Uh, coming up this week on the site, I have a review of one of Full Moon's urban movies. <laughs> and uh, like... Almost every one of these full moon urban <laughs> movies that I've seen, uh, it is about a rap group trying to make it big. And it is called The Horrible Dr. Bones. <laughs> and it's directed by Ted Nicolau of uh, Subspecies and other movies. And uh, so look for that. Or not, you know, whatever. <laughs> whatever floats your boat. Uh, and then uh, the Shaw Brothers review is going to be the next film in the Chang Che Shaolin cycle. I believe this is the fourth movie overall from that cycle. Uh, and it's called Five Shaolin Masters. And if you haven't seen it, I, I recommend it. It's a good one. Uh, but, but for more in-depth thoughts, uh, read my review. It'll be coming out on Friday, as usual. And uh, so that's the show. If you have any feedback, send it in via whatever you want to do. And, uh, <laughs> Jesus. Anyway, uh, it's fucking late. So, uh, adios. Vencino, el aicada del padrino que quería bailar el twist. Jerry, Jerry, Moki, Poki, camón siendo revencino. 